Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. Good morning and happy Easter to you from Crozet United Methodist Church. I'm Sarah, the pastor here, and we are excited for you to join us for our Easter worship. We hope that you're not having any technical difficulties, but if you are, just a reminder that this is a heavy day in the life of Christians all over the world, and we're utilizing digital media to help us celebrate and worship together. So if you need to sign out and come back in, do that, or if you need to try a different device, do whatever you need to do. We're also going to archive this and post it later. But do want to have uh, open up with a few announcements for you. If you have been following along with us, then you know that for Sundays we have a children's activity sheet. And so you can find that. We have the, uh, it's on our website, and you can find the links in the text here. And we encourage you to go ahead and do that and print it out so that any children that are with you or children of all ages can utilize that. The other thing is that we want to remind you that today is a Sunday in the life of the church. And so for most of us, this is a day when we would be making an offering or turning in our tithe. And so you can do that. You'll find the links of that on our Facebook page, on our webpage. You can use Secure Give. You can do that however you need to do that. And we thank you for continuing to support our ministry and our missions here at Crozet in a myriad of ways. But without further delay, I do want to start with our greeting and our introduction. And I want to remind you that in the text, you'll also find the names for the two hymns that we are going to be singing in our worship service today. So if you want to be Googling those and looking those up, uh, we're going to be singing hymn number 304, Easter People, Raise Your Voices. And we're going to be closing today with hymn 302, Christ the Lord is Risen Today. And so you can find all of those lyrics online and you are welcome to sing with us or if you know them by heart god bless you (laughs) and so we're going to begin this morning with this greeting from the united methodist book of worship grace and peace to you from jesus christ our lord my siblings in christ on this most holy day in which jesus christ passed from over from death to life we gather as the church to watch and pray this is the passover of christ in which we share in christ's victory over death. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, this is a day that is beyond description. This is a day for people all over the world and throughout time who have experienced your blessing in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, our Messiah, Christ the Lord. We rejoice that this is a day for us to draw closer to you and to one another in a new and transformed way. May you link us together through the power, the presence, and the movement of the Holy Spirit to allow us to celebrate and rejoice in new ways. Thank you, Almighty God, for your abiding presence with us, your work on our behalf, and your desire to send us forth in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May this day be filled with alleluias to the ends of the earth. In your holy name we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to open with a reading from the gospel account of Matthew chapter 27, verses 57 through 66. And this is going to bridge the gap between what happened on Good Friday and where we find ourselves today. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, 
who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. He then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite of the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that that imposter said that while he was still alive, after three days I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people he has been raised from the dead, and the last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. And now we are going to take a moment to light our paschal candle. This is a candle that symbolizes the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. We light it when we have baptisms, especially in the sacramental celebrations. But all during Lent, it has remained dark. But today we celebrate that Christ has returned to us. The light once more shines forth in the world. And so we will be lighting this from our altar candles. But first, we're going to have a prayer. Let us pray. God of life, through Jesus Christ, you have bestowed upon the world the light of life. Sanctify this new day, this new fire, and this newness in our faith. And grant that our hearts and minds may also be kindled with a holy desire to shine forth with the brightness of Christ's rising. And that we may attain to the feast of everlasting light. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The light of Christ rises in glory, overcoming the darkness of sin and death. Christ is our light. Hallelujah. This morning, we are going to sing together hymn number 304, Easter People, Raise Your Voices. We invite you, if you can find the lyrics, to do so along with us. We're going to do our very best to lead you. There's only five of us in here this morning, um, and none of us are a soprano. So that will be your part if you are able. So without further delay, let us worship the Lord in song.
So many of our children especially woke up this morning with great excitement and anticipation to see what the Easter Bunny gave to them. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about bunnies. Uh, my shoes are bunnies, and I too have my, as you can see, my pearl former Easter Bunny ears for this morning. It's always appropriate to wear pearls to worship, and so I'm doing that. So if you have Easter bunny ears, I hope you're wearing them. I hope you have an opportunity to celebrate. Even Lentosaurus Rex is wearing his this morning. And this would be the time when I would be inviting our children to talk about Easter. And so I thought it'd be a good idea to take a moment and do that. So in the United States, we have an Easter bunny, but children in other parts of the world have an Easter fox and there's an Easter cuckoo bird. There are different animals because the Bible doesn't actually have a lot of bunnies and rabbits in it. It was not an animal that was very prolific where Jesus grew up, but it is here and we like our bunnies. And in our tradition, bunnies are actually great parents. They have lots and lots of kids and their kids have lots and lots of kids and they can do this very quickly. They are a very very fruitful and they expand their families and so one of the reasons why we have the Easter Bunny is that it reminds us that this is a time for us to be very fruitful and to be very loving and kind because every single person is a child of God and every single person has the ability to become part of our family of faith that we invite them to be part of that we invite them to be adopted in to this faith that we have been given and so this is one of the reasons why we wear our bunny ears, because it's a perfect way for us to remember that and celebrate it. Now, you probably got eggs this morning if you had an Easter basket. Uh, Lentosaurus Rex actually has the egg that I would have given to all of our kids today. I have a goodie bag that's got this really great book and some trading cards and some other little goodies in it that you will get at our first worship service back here. I have those. I am holding them in trust for you, because uh, we're going to combine our first worship Worship service back here with the celebration of our emergence from the tomb of isolation and we'll have the ability to celebrate a little bit there too so if you did get an egg normally we have great surprises in our egg there is a surprise in here for you when you get yours um, but actually the surprise was that the tomb was empty on that first Easter day. So the egg symbolizes the tomb. Now, bunnies don't usually have eggs. And one of the great things about the concept of the Easter bunny delivering eggs is that our church and our faith make it possible for us to do things that we never thought were possible. So just as a bunny wouldn't normally have eggs, there are many of us who wouldn't normally do things like feed thousands of hungry people or be able to clothe those who are unable to afford clothes or get the appropriate clothes. We are able to do that. We are able to bring potable drinking water to people and instill wells. There are so many wonderful things that we can do because we combine our strengths, our powers, our gifts, and our presence. And we are transformed just like the Easter Bunny is transformed into an egg deliverer. So we have this wonderful gift on Easter that we can celebrate. And the other thing about Easter is that it is a time for us to encourage people to ask us what's going on. Why is everybody getting dressed up? Why are all these crosses made out of 
flowers. Ours is posted out in front of the church. And so if you are out getting exercise today or you're driving by, you can certainly come and see it and take a picture with it as a safe distance from other people. But we are excited that Easter comes no matter what our circumstances. The first Easter was one that came out of darkness and people had no idea what was going to happen and they were filled with fear and sorrow. And today, no matter where we find ourselves, the Easter joy still comes. So I hope you will continue to celebrate Easter today. Wear your bunny eaters. Have a wonderful time. Dye eggs with your family or hide eggs with your family. You could even make paper eggs, just cutouts of eggs, and write prayers on them and hide them. And let's see where, who can find the most prayers. There are wonderful things that we can do today to celebrate, even though today looks very different than how we ever thought it would look. And so I'm going to take off my bunny ears now. But I will be wearing these later for Easter brunch, I promise you. And I hope you will do the same. You know what? Take a picture of yourself and send it to me. I would love to see your bunny ears. And if you don't have bunny ears and they go on sale after Easter, pick some up for next year. You can never have too many. So today, I'm going to continue with this gospel account of Matthew. We're going to read chapter 28, verses 1 through 15. But before I do that, I'm going to invite us to take a moment and pray for the Holy Spirit to help us experience this text. Let us pray together. Fall afresh upon us, O Holy Spirit. It is you that reminds us that this is a living text, that the words contained within this holy book are for us. They are to nourish our spirit, to fuel our faith, to encourage our curiosity and our desire to grow in divine wisdom. May this day be filled with little epiphanies and the realization that even if things look and feel different, that the resurrection of Christ remains unchanged. It is true and eternal, a blessing for all people through all ages. And we look forward to experiencing the trueness of this day on the day of your return when all of us have our own resurrection. May it be so, almighty God. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So hear these words from Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord had descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, you must say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. 
So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story is still told among the Jews to this day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So this is a part of the story you might not be as familiar with. I wanted to encapsulate the Easter story with both what was happening between Good Friday and Easter morning and what was going on in other places because we ourselves are separated, we are segregated, we are isolated, and some of us in quarantine in different places. And it's important for us to realize that this is not unseen in the scriptures. The apostles were not with the women, and the chief priests were certainly not paying attention to what was going on with the soldiers. Everybody was having a different experience with Easter morning. And we might be having a different experience, a different experience from any that we've ever had if we grew up in the church or were accustomed to worshiping in church on Easter. We might not have expected this this Easter. I know I certainly did not. And we might be thinking to ourselves, this feels so completely bizarre and different. And so did the first Easter. The first Easter was not something that was expected. Most people forgot what Jesus had said. They did not remember that he looked at the temple and he said to them, in three days, this can be torn down and rebuilt. They forgot that he said that he had to die and come back. They did not pay attention to that epilogue that Jesus was trying to tell them. And the epilogue is Easter. The Messiah, the Christ, came to save God's people. And that's what Jesus did on Friday. He died on the cross and saved us from our sins and our eternal death. But Easter is the epilogue. It is the continuation of the story that things didn't stop because the Christ fulfilled all that he should do on that Friday. But the gift is that we too will experience new life, eternal life. And every Easter I wake up and the first thing I do is I think about the people that I want resurrection for, the people that I have lost, all four of my grandparents, the only great-grandparent I ever knew. I think about my aunt who passed away. I think about the pets that I have lost. I think about the friends that have died in their service to our country. I think about the people that I have ministered to in my ministry that I have lost, and I think, good God, I want to see them again. But today, something new came over me. It's not just that I want to see those people again, but resurrection gives us a chance to have an experience again. It occurred to me for the first time this morning as I was preparing for this worship that one day I will get to worship with all of the people I once worshiped with. The times in my life and the phases and the journey when I used to gather with people routinely and those communities because I am itinerant, I have moved and I have left them. I worshiped for a solid year with the congregation of First United Methodist Church in Newton, New Jersey, while I was in seminary at Drew Theological School. And I will have the chance to worship with them again on an Easter that never ends. And I will have a chance to worship with the congregation of Williamsburg United Methodist Church, where I joined when I was a student at the College of William and Mary, and I was first committed to pursuing this call. Those people that allowed me to come into their presence and rejoice even in the midst of my fear and anxiety over pursuing my call. I'll get to worship with them again. 
I will have the opportunity to worship with the people of Larchmont United Methodist Church in Norfolk, Virginia, the people that I served and poured out my heart and my spirit to for eight wonderful years. And when my time comes to pass through Crozet, I will know that there will come a time when I am worshiping with you again. And it will be a time when all of these congregations, all of these bodies of Christ, will be able to come together in one epic worship, liturgical celebration of unending eternal life. And that is what Easter promises us. And it means so much to me now because this deprivation of gathering as the body of Christ was overwhelming to me throughout Lent. It was a cloud over my head of Holy Week. I went from expecting to have three worship services this morning with over 800 people here in this holy space to this new mode of worship with four amazing other people. But this was not what I had expected. It was not what I was used to. It was not what I thought I wanted. How many of us feel that void right now? That Easter doesn't look and feel, it doesn't sound, it doesn't express itself the way we had hoped, the way that we had thought. And that's okay. Because no disease no quarantine, no isolation, no threat of death, no persecution, no powers, no principalities, no death, no sin can stop Easter. It has not stopped this Easter, and it will not stop the eternal Easter that will happen for all people when Jesus returns. Every Sunday is an Easter in the life of the church. It is a day of resurrection. It is a day of rejoicing. It is a day for us to remember that sin and death do not have the final say. And this is not the end. But once a year, we who gather routinely have the opportunity to welcome other people into this glorious gift. We have the ability to tell them. And some of you have already been doing that. Some of you got up this morning and you used chalk to decorate outside to proclaim the resurrection. You use social media to do it with your pictures and your posts. Some of you will gather and you will sing. Some of you will have the opportunity to send cards or do wonderful acts for other people. And Easter cannot be suppressed. And the authorities tried so hard that first Easter to do it. If you pay attention to the text that I read to you, Pilate had all long washed his hands of this entire Jesus affair. But the religious authorities, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests, they couldn't let it go. They were afraid that there would be some conspiracy and some fraud perpetuated on people so that they would make it seem like Jesus rose from the dead. And so they wanted to make sure that that couldn't happen. They knew that Pilate had given the body of Jesus over to Joseph of Arimathea and that he had put it in his own tomb. And now they were bound and determined that no one should remove the body and proclaim that Jesus was resurrected. So if you paid attention to the text, they actually sent their guard and sealed the tomb. They placed a sealant on it so that Joseph, who had been able to roll it away and roll it back, would not be able to do that anymore. They sealed Jesus into a tomb that did not have his name and was not for him because they were so afraid that somebody would take him from that place. 
And yet, God would not be thwarted by this. The angel came, scared the living daylights out of the soldiers. They shook and became like, they probably lost consciousness. They passed out. And there continued to speak to the women and let them know that yes, something truly incredible had happened. Jesus was raised from the dead and no one was there to witness it. No one saw it, just like we didn't see it, but we are those who continue to tell the story. Today, we are Mary Magdalene. Today, we are the other Mary. Today, we are the women and the disciple who came and saw and believed. We are those who have heard and we believe with all that we are that that tomb was empty, that Christ is risen, and that he remains risen this day. That is the message that we share. Because there are those that don't believe. The text continues to say that there were those that rationalized a way that he didn't resurrect from the dead. They even planned to pay off the guards so that they would lie. They claimed that they would cover them in case Pilate found out and wondered why were you sleeping on the job. They also said that they were going to perpetuate a lie, that the disciples had come and stolen his body and hidden it away just so that they could say that Jesus resurrected. Well, there is no fraud, no story, no lie that can cover up the fact that Jesus appeared and they touched him. They worshiped him. They heard him. They will come to have breakfast with him. They will end up continuing to see him. Thomas will have the opportunity to put his hands in the holes left by the cross in the spear. Absolutely, Jesus rose from the dead. And we have to cling to that. Because all over the world, people are dying. All over in our lives, in our communities, people die. And the older we get, the more we experience people that we love, that we treasure, that we trust, die. And we need the resurrection to be true. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you could get up this morning and you could just write an entire list of people that you want the resurrection to be true for. Or maybe you've now had an experience like me where you can think of the gatherings of people those pockets of faith and fellowship that you want to experience again, that were so meaningful and purposeful for your faith life, that you want to experience on the day of resurrection. Amen. And those are the things that we rejoice over on Easter, that we have the ability to not just see people again. We, too, will touch them. We will eat with them at the Lord's table. We will have the ability to worship once more and gather together, and nothing and no one will ever stop us again. What a glorious day. What an exceptional gift from God. Was, was it enough to cleanse us of our guilt and allow us to know that we don't have to die for our sins because Christ has already done that? That would have been enough. But God is a God of tremendous epilogue. It might have been enough for the woman to just come and see that the tomb was empty, but the story goes on. The Bible doesn't stop at the four gospel accounts. It will have the Acts of the Apostles. It will have the letters, the epistles to the new Christian communities that we call the church. And it will close with a prophecy, a prophetic book about the return of Jesus Christ once and for all on the day of resurrection for every person ever. And this Easter and every Easter, 
we have the glory of celebrating in this life reminds us that we are preparing, we might be practicing, but we are getting excited and hopeful for that day when all of us are together as we have never been. All of those people along the journey of our life that didn't meet each other, that didn't have contact, that didn't know, will be gathered in one place, a place that never ends, where there is no mourning or crying or death. There is no sin. There is no darkness. It is nothing but the light of God, the love of our Savior, and unparalleled worship and celebration forever. So let us reveal to God our gratitude for that gift this day by celebrating and greeting one another multiple times throughout the day if we have to. He is risen. He is risen indeed because our hope is in our ability to be risen too. And it shall be, for this is the promise of the empty tomb. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our God, our King, our Lord, and our Savior. Thanks be to God for yet another incredible Easter. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I want to share with you what is called the Easter Proclamation. And if you were here with us, there would be kind of a response that you would give. Uh, and because it's rather long, what I will do is, when I finish, I will raise my hand, and that will invite you, wherever you are, to say the word that we associate with Easter, Alleluia or Hallelujah, depending on the translation you like. Uh, we usually teach the kids Hallelujah. They like to say that. Um, it has a much more Lachaim sound to it. Um, but you are welcome to respond with either of those as we declare the glory of this day. This is our Easter proclamation. Rejoice, heavenly powers. Sing choirs of angels. Exult all creation around God's throne. Jesus Christ, our King, is risen Sound the trumpet of salvation. Hallelujah. Rejoice, O earth, in shining splendor, radiant in the brightness of our King. Christ has conquered. Glory fills you. Darkness vanishes forever. Hallelujah. Rejoice, O holy church. Exult in glory. The risen Savior shines upon you. Let this place resound with joy, echoing the mighty song of all God's people. Hallelujah. It is truly right that we should praise you, invisible, almighty, and eternal God, and your Son, Jesus Christ. For Christ has ransomed us with his blood and paid the debt of Adam's sin to deliver your faithful people. Hallelujah. This is our Passover feast, when Christ, the true lamb, is slain, this is the day when you first saved our forebearers. You freed the people of Israel from their slavery and led them with dry feet through the sea. Hallelujah. This is the time when the pillar of fire destroyed the darkness of sin. This is the time when Christians everywhere, washed clean of sin and freed from all defilement, are restored to grace and grow together in holiness. Hallelujah. This is the night when Jesus Christ broke the chains of death and rose triumphant from the grave. Night truly blessed when heaven is wedded to earth and we are reconciled to you. Hallelujah. Accept this Easter candle, a flame divided but undimmed, a pillar of fire that glows in your honor. 
Let it mingle with the lights of heaven and the lights in our hearts and continue bravely burning to dispel the darkness of the night. Hallelujah. May the morning star which never sets find this flame still burning. Christ, that morning star, who came back from the dead and shed his peaceful light on all creation, your son who lives and reigns forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. We are going to invite you, wherever you are, to sing with us a classic Easter song. It is hymn 302 in the United Methodist Hymnal, Christ the Lord is Risen Today. And if you don't know all the verses, of which there are six, that's fine. I think you'll catch on very quickly where the Alleluia is, and you can certainly join us in that. And if you sing the entire thing, which we're going to sing, all six verses, you will have the tremendous pleasure of singing Alleluia 24 times. Let us sing, Christ the Lord is Risen Today. Christ the Lord is risen today, Hallelujah. Earth and heaven in chorus say, Hallelujah. Raise your joys and triumphs high, Ah, ah, ah. 
do take requests. <laughs> Apparently, the last thing you're going to see before uh, we sign off is my shoes. Um, and so I was eagerly awaiting sharing them with you. They are uh, very precious to me. Uh, but anyway, before we get to that, I just want to say to you that your presence, even while it is not here in my midst, is not without great glory. And for God, who watches over all of us to see that so many are intentional about honoring this day, is truly the best that we could ever do, no matter what our life circumstances are. And so maybe next year, Easter will be a little more vibrant, filled with a little more gratitude, because we have triumphed over this time of trial and tribulation. May you receive this blessing among many others. God Almighty came to us raised from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Holy Spirit has brought the life of the church to the world. May God breathe upon you again with God's Spirit and give new life to you and all people through that same Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. May it be so. Go forth in peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one now and forever. Amen. Happy Easter. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.